0: Exodus, and we'll continue our journey of redemption through this wonderful book last time in Exodus chapter 5. Pharaoh unknowingly asked the ultimate question of all questions, and he asked, who is the Lord? Well, the verses that I'll read to you in Exodus 6, 1 through 8, the Lord says, as a matter of fact, I am. I am the Lord. He answers who the Lord is. He answers Pharaoh's question. And these verses, uh, Exodus 6, 1 through 8, have been called some of the most beautiful verses in all of the Word of God. I I know I, I feel feeble in my attempt and ability to get all the wonderful grace and truth That is packed in these wonderful eight verses. This has often been called the gospel of Moses. And it has four I am's. And it has seven I will's from the Lord. It's very powerful. And so the title of our message this morning is I am and I will. I am and I will hear the word of the Lord. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And and God spake unto Moses and said unto him, Here's the answer, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty, but by the name Jehovah was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, here it is again, I am the Lord. And here are these great I wills. And I will bring you in unto the land concerning that which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to you for an heritage. Together, everybody, I am the Lord. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. What a great answer to the question that was asked in Exodus chapter 5. Who is the Lord? Beloved, never forget this as the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing they counsel together that the Lord laughs at that. Listen, beloved, the Lord is holding all the cards. Amen? He's he's given Pharaoh a card to play and, and Pharaoh has played his hand. He has shown who he is. He has shown what he would do. And we know that uh, Moses and Aaron have been blamed for all the the problems that the people were facing unjustly. And Moses goes to God. Mo- Moses is probably at one of his lowest points in all the book of Exodus. And he just comes to God and say, God, what is going on? You, you uh, met me in the mount. You showed me the burning bush. You, you gave me these wonderful signs. You, you sent me back and you've protected me. When we showed the people the signs and told them your message, uh, they believed and worshipped. You told us to speak to power, to go in front of Pharaoh and, and declare that he should let the people go. We've, we've done everything that you asked. And now everything's terrible, God. And the, and the people are, are blaming us. Why did you do this? Why have you sent me here? You haven't done anything that you said that you were going to do. But what Moses didn't know is God was still holding all the cards. And my children, they've learned how to play the card game rook. Well, a a lot of the strategy in the game of rook, there's the widow in the middle that nobody knows what's in there. You just kind of have to take a chance that if you bid heist, you know you'll get that widow and there'll be some really good cards in there for you. But, beloved, I want you to know God knows what's in the widow. Can I get an amen? (laughs) God is holding all the trump cards. God, God, and God plays his hand just right in his time. And so I want us to go through these things. I I hope that they they will be such a blessing to you. These four I am's and then these seven I will's. This is what the gospel is all about. This is what redemption is all about redemption must begin uh, and, and redemption must be established in the truth and the reality of the existence and attributes of God. These, these four I am's, that's, that's our first main point. These, these four I am's establish the truth that redemption's reality rests upon the existence and attributes of God. Moses was not strong enough in and of himself to redeem the children of Israel. I, as a man of God, am not strong enough to redeem myself or to redeem anyone in this room. There's only one that is able to uh, listen to what he said. He said, not only is going to Pharaoh let you go. He said, Moses, you know, he's really telling Moses, look, calm down calm your spirit God I've got this thing and and you're going to see that that I'm going to do exactly what I've promised and and I've I've told you that I'm that I'm going to do and 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 so this is this is the the truth of it is that salvation is of the Lord and can only be of the Lord and that's why in every true gospel in every true redemption it always begins with who God is with the lordship. Of Jesus Christ, I am the Lord, all oh, beloved. He said, "Not only is Pharaoh going to let you go, he's going to drive you out." <laughs> he said, "He's going to drive you out." Isn't that amazing? The power of God that that He can. I was thinking about that with uh, the story of Esther. Y'all remember that story? Just travel with me a few centuries down the road. And there Haman is, and he hates Mordecai uh, so much. Y'all remember how he hated him because Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him. And God makes it where Haman goes throughout all the city of Shushan with Mordecai up on a horse with Haman going before leading him, telling everybody how great Mordecai is, right? God compelled him to do that that's god that's god that's that's god being the lord yeah. playing the cards that he has that nobody else has and just in the right time and just in the right way moses is really distraught let's just look back and and pick up on that verse 22 of of Exodus 5 in case we have forgotten and moses returned unto the lord and said lord wherefore hast thou so Evil entreated this people, why is it that thou hast sent me for since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to this people, neither hast thou delivered thy people at all now that's exactly how it looked to Moses, right? and we got to all be honest that's exactly how it looks to us sometimes in our own lives in our in our own nation, but beloved, let's remember that. There is an I am. And because there is an I am, there is an I will. And like Brother Jeff said, aren't you, aren't you so thankful that your redemption and my redemption does not hinge on our ability to uh, obey God enough or love God enough, but in spite of all their faults, in spite of all their failings, in spite of all their murmurings, What God had promised to do for the children of Israel, He accomplished it fully and completely. And that's the way it is in our eternal salvation as well. And I rejoice in that. And it's because that God says unto Moses first. He said, let's go back to some basis. I am the Lord. You're not the Lord, Moses. President Biden's not the Lord. Pharaoh's not the Lord. I am the Lord. So four quick points in these four great I am. Did you highlight them? Verse 2, I am the Lord. Verse 6, I am the Lord. Verse 7, I am the Lord. Verse 8, I am the Lord. I would say that the Holy Spirit's trying to make a point to us. Yes. Number one. There is redeeming power in the name of the Lord. There is redeeming power in the name of the Lord and in His name alone. Oh, beloved, turn with me to the book of Acts. Everyone in this church, you should know this verse by heart. It's been quoted and preached on so much. And we love this because what is true about Jehovah is, is also true about Jesus. For Jesus is the I Am. We've established that, and Jesus established that in His ministry. If we go through the book of the Gospel of John, we find these I Am statements by Jesus, right? He's constantly reminding them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the door of the sheep. I am the bread of life. I, and then sometimes he just says, I am. To make it clear, oh beloved, there is, we're talking about redemption. We're talking about the shed blood redemption that begins with the choice of a people and then God's will actuated over that choice to redeem those that were chosen. In this beautiful Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Do you know this verse? Neither is their salvation in any other? Beloved, we do not believe in salvation by Muhammad. We do not believe in salvation by Buddha. We do not believe in salvation by any works or by any denomination or by any creed. But we believe in salvation by the name and the person and the finished work of Jesus Christ alone christ alone by grace alone through faith alone by his blood alone neither is there salvation in any other all the remember how they were in bad shape in chapter 5 and all the all the uh, nobles of of the sons of jacob they got together and said well moses and aaron they kind of blown this thing but we're going to go in and and we're going to we're going to compromise we're going to we're going to rub shoulders with the Pharaoh and, 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 and really um, had the poochy, poochy lip for him, right? Pharaoh said, I don't care who you are. I don't care who Moses and Aaron are. I don't care who the Lord is. And, and they, they got turned away as well. There's salvation in no other. For there is no other name... Under heaven. Given. Among men. Whereby we might be saved. Well we probably will be saved. Whereby what? We must be saved. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. There is redeeming power. In the name of the Lord. Power to forgive. Hallelujah. Do you need forgiveness today? Remember there was A man that was crippled that came uh, to Jesus. But Jesus saw his deeper need than his crippled leg. He saw his crippled heart. And he said, My son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And they said, Who is this man? Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus said that ye might know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said, I said to thee, Rise, take up thy bed. And walk. And that man was made whole. That very same hour. It is only in the name of Jesus Christ. Only in the name of the Lord. Because he is the God of redemption. The Lord of redemption. That there is power to forgive. In the name of the Lord. There is power to free. There is power to free. That is what the people in the land of Egypt for 400 years, there they had been, and for most of that time, it had been severe bondage for them, and now things were worse than ever. But they needed someone that could redeem them, someone that could purchase them away from the bondman that is Jesus Christ, that is the Lord. Not only does he have power to forgive, but he has power to free. For we read also in the scriptures that the Son shall make you free you shall be free indeed power to forgive power to free and then power to fulfill power to fulfill is there any counsel against the lord no beloved whatever god wills that is what he does if god willed to save every single member of the human race that's exactly what he would have done We don't see Him redeeming Egypt here. We don't see Him freeing Egypt. We see Him freeing, redeeming, forgiving, fulfilling the covenant and the promises to His chosen ones. Beloved, I hope that you can see that. I hope you can be thankful for that. Say today, hallelujah, there is redeeming power in the name of the Lord and in His name alone. Secondly, there are redeeming promises made and kept In his name. God takes Moses back a few generations, doesn't he? Sometimes you got to go back before you can go forward. Can I get Amy? (laughs) Sometimes you do. He said, let's go back, Moses. Do you remember Abraham? Do you remember Isaac? Do you remember Jacob? Do you remember how I called them? How I kept them? How I forgave them? How I freed them? how I fulfilled the things that I promised to them, how I made and entered into a covenant with them, a a promise, God said, I appeared unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. He said, I was El Shaddai to them. Now we know that it wasn't that they were ignorant of the name Jehovah because in uh, Mount Moriah, When uh, Abraham was going to be willing to sacrifice Isaac. And God provided a lamb. What did Abraham call that place? Jehovah Jireh. It wasn't that they were ignorant of the name. But of what all the name meant. And how that God was going to use it uh, to fulfill the promises that he made to them. was not known to them. We read that in Hebrews. That they were strangers and pilgrims. They were looking for that city, but they did not inherit the promises. But God said, they knew me by the name of God Almighty, but by my name, Jehovah. Now, do you all see how Jehovah is spelled out there? Was I not known to them? There's only like six places in all of Scripture where God's name, and it's very sacred, uh to uh the people of God there's only like six places in all of scripture where this name is spelled out like that the the self-existent one the the I am that's the Yahweh was I not known to them but he says we're talking about in the I am the redeeming that redeeming promises are made and kept oh beloved <laughs> How amazing it is with God that He is willing to forget our sin but remember His promises. Does that delight your heart today? He says, I will remember their sins no more. I will cast them into a sea of forgetfulness. God is willing to forget our sins but He says, but I'm going to remember my promises to you. Hallelujah. Because He is the Lord. He is the covenant, Yahweh, Jehovah. He said, I made promises. He said, I have established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrim, wherein that they were strangers. And I have also heard the groanings of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians kept in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. It wasn't that God, this is an anthropomorphism. It's not that God ever forgot. Can I get an amen? God never forgot. God is just saying that the time has come. In the covenant, in the promises that I made to those men of old, to those patriarchs of old, to bring it to reality to their descendants. Well, there's promises and realities that are coming yet to the people of God as well because He is the Lord. He's saying to Moses, just hold on, Moses. Keep believing. Keep serving. Keep serving. He said, you're going you're to see that I am the Lord, and you're going to see Pharaoh has said and shown what he can do. Now, as a matter of fact, I'm going to show what I can do and what I will do because I am the Lord. I am the God that, that has redeeming promises in my name that I'll keep for all the promises of God in Him are what, beloved? They are yea and amen. I may make a promise to you. I try my best. I always try my best to keep my promises. But I'm a fallible. I'm not an omnipotent being. Something might happen where I can't do that. That's not so with God. All the promises of God. 2 Corinthians 1.20. All the promises of God in Him are yea and amen. Now, also... There is a redeeming covenant that bears the redeeming name. There is a redeeming covenant that bears the redeeming name. And that's what uh, God is pointing Moses back to remember. That this isn't some new thing that God has come up with that he's going to do. He's saying, this did I... I promised unto Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. This is a thing that I promised to them. And now that I, I'm i going to see it all the way through. And this is what's so amazing. Because <laughs> there were so many things against this being accomplished. But we see the power of the Lord. We see the that the covenant that bears His name. That bears His redeeming name. That God is going to see to it. That there is a surety for that covenant, and that surety is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. If you will turn with me to the book of Jeremiah very quickly, just for a little sidestep here, there's there's uh, some beautiful parallels uh, to these seven I wheels. There's seven eye wheels here. We know that seven's the number of perfection, right? If you go to when God established the covenant with Abraham, and I believe it's Genesis 17, there are seven I wills that he says uh, to Abraham, much that echo this that we're reading in the gospel of Moses here in this redemption message that we're reading in Exodus chapter 6. Also, in the book of Jeremiah, we have that great new covenant and there's seven I wills. There as well in Jeremiah chapter 31. But here in Jeremiah 32, listen to this Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 40 And I will make an everlasting covenant with them, that I will not turn away from them to do them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts, and they shall not depart from me. Oh, beloved. This these are the great I AMs of the Lord. Four great I AMs. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. We see also here, fourthly, that there is redeeming compassion that is grounded in His name. This this is amazing. How God says, "I I see. I remember the covenant. I I see their burdens. I." I feel the afflictions and I understand the 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 uh, suffering that they're going through. For, beloved, we have a high priest that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. We serve a benevolent, sympathetic, merciful Savior and Lord. I love what it says in Exodus 33 and 19 as well. He said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. So those are the four great I am's of the gospel of Moses. Beloved, now we get to these wonderful I will's. We said uh, the I Am's established the truth that redemption's reality rests upon the existence and attributes of God. Now the seven I Will's establish the truth that eternal redemption is an absolute certainty for God's elect. Because I am the Lord, I will do these things for my people, period. They're not probabilities. They're not They're not, uh, if they do this, then then I'll do that. If they come halfway, I'll meet them halfway. No, it's simply, I'm the Lord. And now God says, and because I'm the Lord, I will do these things. And I ask you, beloved, were these things done? They were done completely and fully. It was not without the Lord having to show much long-suffering to Moses. Much long-suffering to Aaron. Much long-suffering to Miriam. Much long-suffering with the elders and the children of Israel for several years. But beloved, in the end, they crossed over the Jordan and inherited the promised land together. I will establish eternal redemption. The first one is, let's look at it. After he says in verse 6 again he says to say unto the children of Israel steady their hearts I am the Lord. That's the first place that you've got to come to in your life and in my life that he is the Lord and all that that means. Now he begins to proclaim what he is going to do. He's going to start playing his cards. First thing he says I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. This is, the, this is the first thing that he talks about, isn't it? I will bring you out. Is that good to you today? That's good to me. Because we cannot get ourselves out on our own. The burden of our lost condition for the child of God, it's been removed. I love that story of Pilgrim's Progress you remember that he carried that huge burden on his back and it and it weighed him down it it slowed him in his in his pilgrimage but when he came to the cross and he and he saw what was accomplished on the cross the burden rolled away and it went off and and, and was lost forever this that was so much affecting them right now where they had to get their own straw where where their lives were already hard and their lives were even getting harder, God answers that. I am the Lord, and the first thing that I want you to know, I want to assure you, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to bring you out. There's going to be an exodus. That's what the book of Exodus is all about, the departure, uh, the road uh, out. And God is promising that, and he gives that to us in redemption and in Salvation, something that we cannot do for ourselves. We were born dead in trespasses and in sin. And you hath he quickened. He has translated us from what? A kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. That happened because of redemption. That's happened because he is the Lord. It happened because it was his will. I will bring you out. Your parents can't bring you out. Your preacher can't bring you out. Your own wisdom or works can't bring you out. Only Jesus can bring you out. Me and you are just like Lazarus was. Rotten, stinking in his tomb. Until Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus was brought out of the tomb. So he says, I'm, I'm going to, I will bring you out. Now, the second one, if you're following along with me, he says, not only I'm going to bring you out, but he says, I, I'm going to deliver you or rid you or bring you out of this bondage. Bondage to sin, no more fear of death, no more service to Satan. Oh, that's freedom, beloved. That's freedom. Uh, you know, sometimes slaves from the south, they would, they would get free, but then they were always in fear of their life that the person that owned them as a slave would come and get them and take them back. Well, how beautiful in the story of Exodus. You remember what happened at the Red Sea. Not only did God part the waters, and they walked through on dry land, and I tell you, beloved, it was all of them. It was all of them without the loss of one crossed the Red Sea on the other side and then they saw God destroy the one who had held them in such cruelty in such bondage. Do you rejoice that we have that deliverance as well? No more fear of death. No more bondage to sin. Sin shall not have dominion uh, over us. No more service uh to the to the evil one. Not only is going to bring us out, but I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to rid you of that bondage. Thirdly, he says, I will redeem you. Hmm. I will redeem you. This is this is special. What Jehovah is saying here is, I'm going to be your Goel. I'm going to be your I'm going to be your kinsman, redeemer. This was done by Price and by power he has restored us by his blood we believe in shed blood redemption amen Amen. without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins and you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold but with the precious blood of jesus christ oh he said i I, i'm going to redeem you out with a mighty arm with price and with power we remember The Passover lamb that was slain and the blood wiped on the sides and over the top of the door and the death angel passed over them blood by blood and by power. Fourthly, I will take you for my people. God would lift them out of the muck and mire of Egypt. To be his own and to be his only. This is beautiful, isn't it? This is talking about marriage here. God says, I'm, I'm going to take you to be my own. Now, you know, it would if you were just thinking about it in a natural sense, there were a lot of other nations in the earth that had a lot more promising features than the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But this was God's purpose. This was God's covenant. This God said even in one place, I didn't choose you because you were more in number. He says, a matter of fact, you know your father was an Amorite. Uh, they were just idol worshipers like everybody else. But I set my love upon you. I chose you. And because I chose you, because I loved you, I'm going to redeem you. And because I have redeemed you, you have become something precious to me. You have become... I, ah, me, you have become my people, my people. Aren't you thankful today that God, with his holy hands, with his nail-scarred hands, has lifted you out of the muck and mire that is you. and washed you and cleansed you put a spirit within you giving you a new song and a new name and he said you're my own you're my people but not only that I will take you for my people fifthly the fifth I will I will be your God (laughs) the fountain and reality of all our faith all our hope, all of our blessings, being able to experience and know Jesus as our personal Savior, this is all encapsulated in that thought. You're going to be my people, but I'm also going to be your God. Hmm, how special. And then, listen, also, I will bring you into the land. Hmm. He will bring each of us all the blood-bought ones to heaven. He will bring and none shall perish without the loss of one. Do you feel, do you see these promises? I am the Lord, I am the Lord, I am the Lord. And therefore, I will, I will, I will. And not only am I going to, I'm going to, Take you out of Egypt. Not only am I going to break the bonds. And all your chains. I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to marry you. I'm I'm going to give myself to you. And you're going to be for me alone. And then I'm going to bless you with something. If you don't know part of the blessings of what you have. it's, It's here being in the kingdom of God today. Knowing sitting in heavenly places with Christ partaking of heavenly things it is as if the, the the vines of grapes have grown over heaven's walls and you and I have plucked them and tasted a foretaste of glory divine i will bring you into the land he did that he did that completely concerning the word concerning that which i did swear to give to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. It's all about the covenant and the promise. And then not only will I bring you to the land. But remember there were enemies in that land. <laughs> Mighty giants. And God said not only I'm going to bring you to it. But I'm going to give it to you. And we know that all that took place. So the the last one is I will give you an inheritance. I will give you an inheritance. Oh, hallelujah, beloved. What is the Redeemer's is also the redeemed. You are not only uh, bought with a price, but you're made the joint heir of heaven and immortal glory. They tell a, they tell a story about a man. He was a, a simple man that worked in a restaurant in California, of all places, by the ocean. and said one day after work, this is a true story, one day after work he was walking along the beach and he found a glass bottle with a note in it. Some of you probably uh, can even remember when this was made news. And in the bottle was the last will and testament of... It was of an heiress from England who was heir to the Singer uh, mach- uh, Sewing Machine Company. And she said, Whoever finds this note, and that was amazing, is that the bottle was said to have floated all the way from the shores of England all the way to the coast of California. It was like over a space of like 12 years from when she died. Till he found the bottle, and the last will and testament said, "I leave my fortune, uh, half of my fortune to the person that finds this note in the bottle, and half to and named uh, who her lawyer was." And so the man, Mister Worm, was his name, <laughs> W U R M. Mister Worm, he he was like, man, you know that can't be real. Somebody's just playing a joke. But he mentioned to some friends, and they said, well, you ought to at least check it out. So he made uh, you know, copies of it, had it sent over there, the, the lawyer, uh, because they had been searching everywhere for her will, and they never could find her will. And he, the lawyer was like, well, I know I wrote you know, four or five wills for her during her lifetime, and we can't find any of them. Well, he verified that the signature on the will was hers. And he so so he wrote back the man, and he and he said, "You and I will split uh, the inheritance of twelve million dollars." So the lawyer was going to get six million, and Mister Worm was going to get six million. Well, you know how life goes. It got into the courts, and nobody got anything. Uh, the lawyer didn't get anything, and Mister Worm didn't get anything. It ended up going. To some of their natural descendants. So brother Nathan why did you tell us that? Because it's not that way. With our inheritance. Our names have been written. In the Lamb's book of life. Peter would say there is inheritance for us. Incorruptible. Undefiled. That fadeth not away. That is reserved in heaven for us. Not because of how good you and I can be. Because I am the Lord and because it is what His will is for our lives. So just rejoice in that, beloved, that God has said, I am and I will. May the Lord bless you and keep you, is our prayer.